Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Well, welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. This is Michael Rice, your co-host. Jeannie will be with us in a minute or two. She's on a tech support call, so... You know how those things go. Thought she'd be off long before now. Today is Monday, September 1st. We're heading on into winter. What an awesome opportunity. And our work together is that of understanding and applying first century Aramaic forgiveness. And so we're just having fun doing that process. We actually just completed yesterday the first session with a corporate group a young group of folks. It was pretty awesome to present. Everybody in the group, 14 people, was under 35 except one, and he was in his mid-40s. And so really sweet to work with a group of young people who are really about impacting the world. They're an advertising agency, and they're about impacting the world, their employees' families, the owners' families, their neighbors, their friends, with a different way of living. And the advertising that they do, they do with an eye toward how is this going to impact the world. Kind of reminds me of the Iroquois um, dynamic where they look at what is this behavior that we're about to do going to do for us and up to the seventh generation. So here's a group of young men and women that are doing an awesome job. And we did an introduction to the uh, forgiveness process. The title of the conference was we are creators and looking at that whole creatorship process from the ancient Aramaic to the physics of it to the, uh, to the new physics, looking at quantum theory and how it ties into this whole game of creatorship, perception, what our mind has to do with what's going on in our world. And so, of course, that's fresh on my mind, the fact that we covered that yesterday. We'll be back with them tomorrow. We've got the day off today, but we'll be back doing three sessions with them tomorrow and looking at the core of the forgiveness process. Uh, families there that are working with the children. We're going to uh, actually stop by at uh, one of the stores that sells uh, dolls from the uh, Inside Out movie, and we were having a conversation about that with some of the parents working with their young children and, and teaching the children that whenever there's anger or upset of any kind, there's always a driver behind it. There's always a goal behind it, and you know, working with kids uh, in recognizing that if they're in anger, you know, they can pick up the anger doll from that movie and stay with anger as long as they want. And just asking children the question, well, what's driving your anger? Is that how you want to feel? Do you like this? Or would you rather go back to joy and love? And just the simple act of teaching children that for every perceptual reality their mind creates, there is a driver. And we're always in charge of that driver. It's a pretty awesome thing for children and adults alike to understand because those who have no clue, those who've never been taught how their minds work, are kind of like 
somebody who gets into a car for the first time with no training sits on the dash and wants to drive down the road looking out the back window and wonders why they end up crashing all over the place. People's lives crash in their relationships. So-called relationships based in love turn to hate and fear and abuse. Uh, a relationship with children who are cherished becomes something other than cherished children. With, with no understanding why this process happens, this first century Aramaic teacher named Yeshua, the world calls him Jesus, but that's not his name clearly, absolutely not his name. His name was not a Greek Hail Zeus, which is what Jesus is, but rather Yeshua. How he understood that there was a driver for every perceptual reality output from the mind and that the core of Aramaic forgiveness is that if you're experiencing a perception that's filled with pain and you simply cancel the driver, you get to look at what's under the surface. And when you get to look at what's under the surface, you get to reach for the joy doll instead of the anger doll. And so such a simple way with the backup of that movie. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. Go see its partner movie, Tomorrowland. Look for the scene in Tomorrowland where Disney confesses what they've been doing with their media and negatively impacting people, and then in Tomorrowland, their commitment to something different. And then they come out with this inside-out movie, which is, in my take, one of the most powerful events in human history. Why would I say that a Disney cartoon is one of the most powerful events in human history? Because it gives people an opportunity to see how the mind actually works. Not taught in the culture anywhere that I know of besides this work. We hear lots of people are talking about the mind and they're talking about you know, how loving they want to be, but when the stress is up and the chips are down, most people's God is hostility and fear because they don't know how to unload or forgive their hostility or fear. Yeshua knew that 2,000 years ago, and that's what we're here to support. Why is this the most important event in history? Not does it only accurately teach how the mind works, but it's in a media format where little kids can understand it and start to use it. And it's globally available. That qualifies for me as one of the most important events in human history. And the fact that the dolls are available, buy the anger doll, buy the sadness doll, buy the, the fear doll. And, and when you find your child in one of those states other than love, where joy, the state of being, is not present, hand them the doll, approve of them, hold the space of love for them, and let them know it's their right to be there as long as they want to. By the way, son, daughter, do you know how you got there? Well, no, Mom, Dad, I don't. I just know I'm angry. Well, take a look inside your mind and notice that in this situation, where you're piercing the world with anger, there's something that you want. And that anger is a driver for our generational pattern of anger. Important for the parent to own it as well. And then, letting the child know that any time that they wish, they can cancel the driver, they can cancel that goal, which will collapse the anger, the fear, the sadness, the rage, the guilt, the pain, whatever it is. And, you know, to do this in a 4-year-old or a 24-year-old or a 94-year-old, it doesn't matter. All minds work the same way. Some people want to hold themselves out as, well, I'm different. Nobody's different. I was talking to someone processing with someone the other day who had uh, done some work with us and made a commitment to stop using pot, which had been a decades-old habit. And they'd slip back into the use of it, and I suggested that they begin an NA program. And the, the way the non-being mind works is really interesting because the reply was, oh, that's for real drug addicts, not for people like me. See, I'm functional. I have a business. I make money. I make a difference. In the, excuse me. You're a drug addict. Stop your denial. You're a drug addict. You've got to own it before you can do something about it. And so it's kind of fun and sweet to, to process that and, and to recognize that every time that we're in some form of hostility or fear, it's because we hold a goal that's recruiting and accessing our hostility and fear and making that part of the construct in the mind that we call perception. And when you cancel that goal, 
that perception collapses. And once it collapses, you have the opportunity to reach for joy again. You have the opportunity to reach for the active presence of love and bring that into your physiology. And where the root of fear, anger, hatred, sadness, grief, or pain in any form is exposed to the active presence of love, guess which energy gives way and starts to dissolve? It's not the love. It's the hostility and fear-based mind that begins to dissolve in the presence of love. The problem is that most people live in a state of denial. I've actually considered lobbying Congress and suggesting they start a 51st state because virtually everybody in the culture lives there. Denial. What does denial look like? You made me mad. You made me sad. You hurt me. How did that make you feel? They really upset me. If you're using language that resembles that, then you're living in denial. And here's what happens. When you live in denial, you have to hide from yourself the part of your mind that is creating your why is this happening to me again experience. We call that dissociation. And now the part that you say, I never want to feel that anger, that rage, that guilt, that grief, that fear again, that part is now no longer yours to change because of your denial. It's been hidden from you. It's like putting a file on your computer and throwing the password away. You can't get in without the password. The password for all pain is forgiveness. And so... When we stand in denial, in essence, what we do is this. We say, mind, they have a problem, and they have hurt us. So, mind, don't inform me that I have anything to do with my pain. Yes, I have been through this 87 different times with 42 different people, but don't you dare show me any evidence of that. Just show me the evidence that they're the problem in my mind. Words instruct the mind how to structure its reality. And so when I say they made me bad, I'm saying to my mind, mind, go to my file on them, build me a picture of them as the cause of my anger. Now, I'm dissociated from the cause of my anger, I see a false perception, a false construct in my mind of them being the root of my anger. I'm still feeling and experiencing my anger, but I'm experiencing it indirectly. I can't change what I experience indirectly except by bringing myself into direct relationship with it. So what happens is when I cancel the driver, when I let go of the goal, the perception built on the instruction set that they're the cause of my anger, collapses in on itself. And the place it collapses into is the hidden, dissociated part of my mind. So now a pathway is opened into that unconscious dynamic. And, you know, the psychology world has been pretty well established that for most people about 95% plus of their mental dynamics are unconscious. When you make the unconscious conscious in the presence of love, you now have direct relationship with it. And when you expose that which is based in a lie, corrupt data, hostility and fear to love, the corrupt data dissolves, and you will find yourself freed from that dynamic. Now, you may not just do one worksheet. When they sent to Yeshua, you know, they, they had gotten the message that maybe it would take more than one worksheet to do. I don't know whether they were carving them in stone tablets or what, but, but they got the message that it was going to take more than one forgiveness process. And so Peter says to Yeshua, well, how many of these worksheets do we have to do anyway? Is, is seven of them enough? And Yeshua's response to the Aramaic is no. He says 77 times 70. Now, that's not a literal number. You know, you'd think he was dealing with fishermen. You can, you'd have to have a big stretch to imagine that when he says 77 times 70, these 12 guys are sitting there and their minds go, let's see now, 12 times you know, 77 times, carry the four. They weren't doing that. They were not educated enough to be doing that higher math. 
But he was saying, you will do an infinite amount of work around your hostility, fear, sadness, your generational patterns until you're finished with them. And that's what we're here to support you with. If you've not accessed that material, I suggest that you go to www.whyagain.org and there is a bullseye. You may have to scroll down a little bit, but there's a bullseye about the middle of the page. To the right of the bullseye, there's a 24-minute video, a free watch, that thank you, Bill Costantino, for having the skills to do a PowerPoint that takes 35 years of my work and puts it into one simple, succinct 24-minute presentation. Once you've watched that, then click, and, and when you click on that link, there will be several links that will open. You can look at the, uh, the, the um, written form of the presentation. You can look at the video, and I think there's a third form. I'm not sure what it is. But anyway, it's all there. So you can download the, the words of the whole presentation as well, free. So you've got written instructions. And then once you finish that, go back to the website, click on the bullseye, and a whole series of links will open. It starts with chapter 24 of my book, instructions on where to start. 24 is all about the forgiveness process. That's my next project is rewriting that along with uh, completely editing of about 10 hours of video, just small potatoes on our plate. So we have that. Um, chapter 24, and then there's a link to a whole series of different worksheets that we've developed over the years. We've tested and tried each worksheet. The top worksheet on the list is the one that I consider to be the best. It's, it's the one that over the years I've developed and gotten the best results of people following through, being able to do it, and actually doing it. So we suggest you start with that one before you start investigating the others. Then, once you've got that and printed it off, there's also a, a, a link on the home page that says print worksheets. You can do that. Once you've got that, then go to the third link, and there are at least 16 different radio shows where we walk somebody through step-by-step step the whole forgiveness process. So there's 16 hours of specific instructions for how to use the worksheet. If you find yourself confused, then that's part of the healing process. Breathe. If you find a step that you don't understand, skip over it and do the next step. Do the best you can with it. There are many tools actually uh, sewn within that worksheet. Take it, put it to work, and watch your life start to change. When I first started teaching, it was simply telling people to cancel their goals. There was nothing else to it but that. And the worksheet is something that's developed over the last 35 years. So once you've listened to those instructions, then if you have questions, if there are things you don't understand, and we invite you to really truly do your own work, that, that discovery is a much more powerful way of coming to understand something than just listening to someone else. Take it, put the pen to the paper, use the worksheet, and then five days a week, an hour a day, we're committed to supporting you and creating a per permanent record of that support. There are over a 1,000 hours in our download files from this radio show, and we cover all kinds of topics related to the work. So that third link, 16 different radio shows, if once you've started to use the worksheet, you have questions, then we invite you to call into the show, ask your questions, and that's what we're here to support. And we haven't heard from Jeannie yet, so let's just tap into her sweet voice and take it from there. Sweetie? Hey, yeah, I am here. And um, the, just as an explanation of what that fourth link is, there's the PowerPoint itself where you can download just the PowerPoint presentation. Then there is the script that Bill, where Bill Constantino is going through and explaining it. The next link is um, where you can go to YouTube and listen to and watch the presentation of the PowerPoint. And then the fourth one is where we've put it on Vimeo. So you can also watch the presentation on Vimeo. So you've got YouTube and Vimeo both. So thank you for uh, doing the opening for me. I was with Tech Support, and it's one of those calls where once you get them on the line, you really don't want to let them go. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> 
but uh, we don't have a caller or anything, but we do have Dr. Tim with us, and we want to thank Dr. Tim and Michelle for covering for us yesterday. They're also going to be covering for us tomorrow. We're all day with this group tomorrow, and uh, so I'm, I'm sure you explained some of the things that we did yesterday. It was exciting to be with this group of, uh, what were they, 30 in their 30s or younger? Uh, and, all but one of them under 35. 22, I think, yeah. was the youngest to 35, so... Pretty cool yeah. to see somebody wants to make that kind of an impact. And we did talk about the Inside Out movie. And okay, that, awesome. Uh, before our presentation tomorrow, we'll pick up a couple more balls. I know you've got some at home, but we'll pick a couple more up to demonstrate how to use it with children. So, awesome. Great. Pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, let's say hello to Dr. Tim and see how yeah. that young man be. I'm doing well on this Tuesday. I just say that for oh, the archivist who, who might want to think... What year is this that it's September 1st and a Monday? But I'm doing quite well, thank you. We um, we had the show yesterday, and we had a lovely call from a gentleman out in Denver, Stuart, and he called in and he was talking about how he's pretty sure he's dealing with a deep generational, cross-generational issue. And he was asking about the layers and processes and stages that he might have to go through. So we tried to talk about it just in terms of um, the basic signs and symptoms of healing versus disease process and um, the mental, emotional, and physical symptoms he could look for. And and then, um, you know, we were talking a little bit, and, and Rex called in and talked about um, not trying to put too much pressure on uh, assuming, oh boy, this is a big one, this is the big generational issue, and in which case somebody might give more power to the event than it really has. And I was driving to to work today thinking about that call and processing it at a deeper level and thinking, you know, after that call... Um, Near the end of the show, Michelle said something that that led into one of those conversations about trying to figure things out with mm-hmm. you know the, that trap of the non-being mind. That the non-being mind thinks that's a solution. I'll just figure this out. If I could just figure this out, everything will be all right. And as I was driving to work today, it kind of hit me that the way I use the knowledge about the cross-generational material is simply a way to get my my conscious logical mind to let go and surrender, not figure it out, to just say, okay, if I can't peg where in my life this time around on the planet, grade school, high school, et cetera, this trauma comes from, it might be a generational issue And rather than trying to figure that out or going to look at my genealogy or family history or how many generations back my great-grandfather was and was he in the Civil War and did he get shot, rather than any of that, what I use that knowledge for is to say, oh, it's in me, I didn't create it in this lifetime, but because it's here, I have the tools to dismantle the energy. And I don't need to know where it came from. I don't need to know how. I just need to do the forgiveness process. I need to have the willingness to feel and breathe through and release whatever's happening. So I use the idea of a cross-generational pattern as a trigger for me to go into surrender and allowance and humility as opposed to trying to figure out, all right, when did this happen? How is this related to my Middle Eastern family of origin or my Irish-German heritage? Or So that was part of the show yesterday, and that was just a little tip-in that came to me this morning. And I don't know how other people use that knowledge of cross-generational patterns, but I use it to help nudge me into allowance and surrender. Yep, that's, that's brain cells for you. 
got to be out of your mind, right? <laughs> yep. The mind can't do it. And, and you know, I, I used to think as I was developing this work that I was figuring it out. And then I look back at several distinct places where really important key pieces of the tools that I've developed I have no comprehension of. And when I was in a willing and receptive state, I was given just straight up had the the key explained to me. And, you know, the, the ancient teachings talked about the still small voice of the creator. And in this culture, of course, you're schizophrenic if you're if you're listening to the still small voice. You know, you're you're uh, you're insane if you talk to God, and you're schizophrenic if God talks back. <laughs> but the truth is, there is an energetic presence in the world that, when we're receptive to it, will one undo the effects of our errors, and two teach us the truth. And all the years I thought I was figuring it out, and then, you know, over the last few years, realizing that I didn't come to understand it until I was able to get my mind to shut up and get out of the way, and then bingo, key pieces were just handed to me. I was taught. And, you know, our, our objective here is to give you the tools for you to be taught directly. You know, don't, the goal isn't to come up inside of what I've developed, except to take the tools, use them, and you will be taught directly, and you will be empowered to move the teaching forward on another level. And, of course, the whole idea is one of the, one of the keys to owning something like this work is giving it to someone else. So who can you pass it on to? Who can you give the keys to forgiveness to and in so doing, find yourself in a quiet mind. And when you do, and this person in front of you presents a question that you don't even have a clue about, if your mind doesn't jump in and get in the way, because that power that flows through them is the same power that flows through you. I love what Einstein says. If you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. We all live, move, and have our being in the same elemental force and power. And it will teach us. It will tell you directly the key pieces to your puzzle. It will tell you the answer to the question that you have. If, and I think it was Emerson that said, all we have to do is get our bloated nothingness out of the way. You just got to get that thing to shut up. And, and it's not easy to do that because there's so much noise and so much defense and so much protection and so much trying to figure it out. And the fact that Yeshua gave us this key for collapsing that whole process and short-circuiting the mind and going to that quiet space is just... Amazing. And it's the place where, while you're still in your body, you can have a near-life experience. Most people call it a near-death experience. You know, people go through clinical death, and then they have an experience of being. Go read the stories. Go, go read Saved by the Light, or better yet, order the DVD. It's an awesome DVD, Saved by the Light. True story of Daniel Brinkley. Daniel Brinkley was a mean SOB. I acknowledge Daniel and Daniel personally, and I acknowledge Daniel for allowing them to show how vicious and mean he was as a kid. And he became a higher government assassin. That was his job. And when he experiences clinical death, that is, the output of his mind collapses fully because his body has died, he enters into a new realm of awareness where he is taught and sees many things. One of the things that he does, and he's gone through now, I think, four of these. If I remember correctly, two of them are depicted in the movie. He has to go back and process each of the kills that he did because we carry the energy of every offense we've ever given energetically to anyone. And he had to go back and experience it from the perspective of the person he killed. You go back and process those things. But in the presence of love, you process them, you don't get lost in them. So Daniel has this experience, and now what he does is he travels around to VA hospitals. 
he often, you know, we run into him every once in a while on the circuit. He often is, is in some of the same circles we're in. But in particular, he's gone in and started many, many, many hospice programs and sat with the dying, the soldier who's hopelessly lost in his pain and his trauma and is dying and has no respite from his pain. And Banyan, the man who was vicious and a, a government assassin, sits and holds their hands, holds the space of love, and supports them through the death process so they can go consciously and freed of their pain. What an awesome gift to give. And the basic thing that he came back with, what he was taught in his near-life experience, what he talks about is, I was told you are a powerful spiritual being and love makes the difference. That message applies to each and every one of us. You are a powerful spiritual being, but you've got to be able to awaken to and listen to your spiritual beingness. And so as you breathe and allow yourself to listen, the teaching will come. Now, I don't usually suggest that people go out and create for themselves a near-death experience to have a near-life experience. It's a little risky. But each time you forgive, each time you use the worksheet process, you collapse that part of your mind which reflects your internal pain you get to drop in with love to that internal pain and begin its dissolution. And you get a taste of what human life is about, of what this awesome active presence of love is about. And it's just an amazing thing to watch. You know, I've, I've been doing this particular process for over 35 years, and it just always amazes me. Every time somebody looks at a perception and says it is so solid and so real, this really happened, and then when they cancel their goal, it all falls like a crystal hit with a hammer, shatters into pieces around them, and disappears. And many times they can't find it again. When they go to look there, it's been replaced with love. Oh, they sometimes have some kind of a shadowy memory of the event, but it's crumbled in the presence of the act of love that we are. So that's what we're here to support. I'm right with you, Dr. Tim, that, you know, realizing as you talk about, it's kind of a, a new insight. You know, we've got eight of the pseudo-solutions of the non-being mind. And what I'm realizing just at this moment is that each of the pseudo-solutions is simply the reflection of a goal. You know, one of the goals is the goal to figure it out. When I cancel that goal, then that whole part of my mind collapses. And each of them are just key. We could probably come up with an infinite number of pseudo-solutions and non-being mind. But the eight key ones, each of them is based in a goal. And so Jeannie's coming to tell me we've got a caller, so let's say hello to our caller. So the area code, the number, sweetie, is how about area code? My computer <laughs> walking Thank into you. the other room. All right, it's area code five four one. I think it's Julie in Ashland, Oregon. Welcome. It's Julie from Ashland, Oregon. Hello. I'm shocked. How are you, young lady? <laughs> I'm good. I am. I'm good. Um, I always love it when you talk about the movie In and Out. Um, did you, by the way, this is why I called, but have you heard of the movie called The Giver? The Giver? Yes. Um, it's got, yeah, okay, yeah. I just saw it for the first time. I got it from the library, and it was quite interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm calling because um, I suppose as I keep peeling away layers, I keep uh, seeing things differently, and new things appear on my horizon to become involved in. And they're of a political nature to um, make changes in our environment. A lot of them have been things like GMO um, and now LNG, which is liquid natural gas. They want to build a huge pipeline all the way through Oregon forests and counties and properties. It's like 90 feet wide and this huge pipe above ground that 
Anyway, so they're just, you know, that's going on. So I want to be effective, all right? I realize that I have um, that just today, every time I think of talking to you, Michael, or calling into the show, even with whoever is hosting, I just suddenly I'm clear on, oh, that's what I should do my worksheet on. (laughs) But what um, Dr. Tim was saying about the generational... um, you know, dimension to these things that we work on. I, I feel like oh, I feel like I still have my immediate resonant energy inside me that is the part that feels and thinks that I am ineffective. So I get to work on that. And though when I look generationally and I see because I've asked the question, how did we, the United States, get to the point that we're at? I see that... Okay, can I, can I stop you? In my, stop no, listen, in my oh, lineage... Oh, hold on, hold on. You're bringing too many things to the forefront at once. Let, let, let's do them one at a time. Let's go back to, I'm always feeling ineffective. So there's your first key worksheet, and applying the word always to it means that probably... Being ineffective, you know, when you were a child, did you try to bring change to the people that were in control? And this just is a repeat of the pattern. The people that are in control, you're trying to bring change. Did you feel ineffective or think you were ineffective and feel frustration, anger, rage, guilt, grief, or whatever it was? Yes. <laughs> and I'd offer that your starting point, before you go out the gate, trying to be effective is going to be, 77 times 70 worksheets on canceling your need to be effective and drop right back into the two, three, four-year-old that wanted to bring change, that could see that loving change was possible and was whacked down for it mm. and process that. That will add a 1,000 mm. degrees of power to your effectiveness if you okay. undo that one. Otherwise your effectiveness will diffuse into those brain cells that are held in your mind that generate that perception. Yes, and then I will ripple that out to others, and so then we're all ineffective together. (laughs) That's it. Birds with feather flock. Yep. Yep. Okay. Thank you. That was so precise. That's exactly exactly what I needed. Michael well, writes for so that rhymes. <laughs> what? And and as a lesson for yourself and everybody that's listening, you know, there's nothing brilliant that came from Michael Rice. All Michael Rice did was listen to your language and told you what you told me. Yeah. That's all I did. You told me what I the really issue is. Appreciate if you listen it. if you listen to your own speech, you'll always tell yourself what the issue is. Now oftentimes it will be coaching where it's like, Well, I don't feel bad about that. Well, then, mm. now my next piece of work is the part of me that feels bad about that, or I project it onto that, and when I cancel that goal, I drop into the part of my mind that feels bad, and I get to clean that up. But just always listening to your words is mm-hmm. a major key in the puzzle. All right. I need to uh, vow to do that, or not vow. Hold on. Those are powerful words I need to look at. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I, I feel the goodness and and set my intention and goal to move in that direction of what you just cool. said. <laughs> Thank you. And, and what did I just say? Can you repeat it? Um, you said to listen to my words for the clues that uh, tell me where something is re- resonating in me that I may have formerly been in denial about. There you go. Good. Yeah? Good. Right. I got it. Yay. (laughs) Awesome. Oh, you know, the miracle is, I mean, the relief immediately when we see the way to to approach something is like, oh, good, I am not the effect of this anymore. And and dropping those bigger goals of trying to save the world, which you probably heard in what I was saying, you know, canceling a goal like that, that's part of the denial. That's part of the camouflage. Yeah. You so, know what the most powerful way to save the world is? What? Save yourself. Myself. 
Save yourself from your own insanity, and you create a space for the insanity of the world to be processed. Deny your insanity and go and try and change the world without changing the part of you that's involved in it, and you are what Yeshua said 2,000 years ago, a house divided against itself. On one level, you're going, oh, I want change to happen out there, but how can I expect that out there to change when I don't do and won't do what I know I need to do to change what's in here? Right. There's no it's way around that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Years ago, there was part... a woman who came to an intensive, and uh, she was working with uh, a woman who had run for president. Actually, this goes back about, geez, I don't know, 20 years ago. There was a woman who ran for president, and this woman's whole platform was about world peace. And she took her, this woman was running for president, through a worksheet on world peace. And what she dropped into when she canceled her goal for world peace was all her rage about what her mind told her was the world isn't at peace. What she dropped into was her rage that contributed to a war, a world at war. If I have war going on inside of me and I try to take care of the outside of the cup and the platter. You know, Yeshua defined a Pharisee for us 2,000 years ago. He said, for you keep the outside of the cup and the platter clean, but your inward parts are filled with hostility and fear. That's a Pharisee. A house divided against itself. The Pharisee creates what they rail against, and they have no idea the conflict that's going on. You must, I must, we must regularly drop into the parts of our minds that can project any form of any hostility or fear and be willing to forgive it before we can become a house at one with ourselves. I want to create a peaceful world out of a space inside of me that is peaceful. Now, I'm a thousand times more powerful at resolving the issues of insanity in the world. Just part of the process. But what I rail against, I support with my energy. What I what? What What I speak from what I rail against, I am a supporter of in the world. What I can speak out of a connected space of love about, I become a healer of that dynamic in myself and in the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad I called. Thank you. Yeah, so are we. And of course, there are lots of issues out there to be handled and lots of issues in mm-hmm. here. And so each one who gets on the team and does their work opens the space a little wider, the door a little wider, a little wider, till everybody can pass through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, here I go again doing my share my part in the part right. of salvation. <laughs> well, here All I right. go supporting you, and Dr. Jim and Jeannie and everybody else that's listening. We invite you to hold that space so that where your unique energy field is guided to make a difference, that you first and foremost make a difference within yourself and then make that difference in the world. That's awesome to do. What a gift to give. Well, what a gift to receive, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Definitely. Thank you so much. There was my breath. All right. Anything else we can do to support you today? Just say one more time. It'd be a really great idea, Julie. If right now, you go do a worksheet on this. <laughs> well, why don't you just That's... go do a worksheet right now? <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Or maybe five. I will. I align your will today. with that. There you Pardon? go. All right. Take care. Blessings. Bye. Thank you. All right. Young lady that's been moving, what, I guess we were out in uh, Oregon, golly, it's probably six years ago now, I think, and uh, just tapping in layer by layer, level by level, cleaning up that mind, is uh, it's an awesome thing to do, Julie. Thank you for doing your part. And our calling number, if you happen to be on one of those stations where we can't see you in the control panel, 
is 646-200-4169. Once you get connected, if you push one or if you're already on the phone and you push one, a little hand will go up in the control panel. Jeannie will know you want to talk to us and introduce you. Jeannie? We do have a hand up, but then there's also some conversation going on uh, in the chat room. And uh, David actually mentioned um, that when his projection collapses, then the epiphany happens, do you think? And uh, then some other uh, conversations about, you know, whether, you know, if we suppress an issue when it comes up and we don't want to look at it, we push it down, we add energy to it, and that draws people to us, right? So we'll draw people to show it to play us. that out. And, and the first indicator for most people that are engaging in that process is they engage in the drug of hostility, of course, and point it outside at somebody else. Well, I'm angry at you because you. And then when that anger isn't enough of an anesthetic to keep the pain hidden, then they'll go find another drug. And with that other drug, attempt to anesthetize themselves. Our culture is so full of drugs, it's unbelievable. At every turn, you know, if you if you were to go into your cupboards and remove everything that had drugs in them, you probably, unless you're really conscious about your food buying, you'd probably have to empty 90% of what's in your cupboards. The, the grocery stores are not your friend. If you've got a grocery store that has an organic section, it's usually on the outside of the store, and there's a place where you can actually buy food that isn't laced with drugs. But otherwise, the whole culture is just loaded with them. And, you know, the government is now getting in the drug business on another level with the uh, THC and, you know, that soothing story. Well, well, this is a natural thing that's healing. Excuse me. Are there places for that drug like there perhaps are for other drugs? Absolutely. Does it belong in someone's lungs seven days a week or in their brownies or whatever? No, absolutely not. So be careful of buying the culture's game in that arena of pot because the long-term consequences are disastrous. But beyond that, Jeannie, let's talk to one of our callers. Okay. Or, well, or what's, in the chat what's first? Uh, a second part. Uh, to that was um, so if we deny something and we push it down, we add energy to it. Um, how about when you know we work through things? You know, when we're whether it's we're breathing or doing worksheets or whatever. Um, and I've ha- had someone the other day ask me this actually too. Are we not adding energy when we're focusing on it in either breathing or, or doing a worksheet or whatever? But we're also looking at the positive of that, correct? So we're that well, overbalances focusing on the what's going on? Well, here's the thing. If I focusing, you know, you go back to Yeshua who understand this creative pro- understood this creative process totally, and he says, let, thy, let thine eye be sing- single and thy body will be filled with light. There's a physicist named Jack Safati who says that matter is trapped light energy. You and I are the trappers. We trap by a singular focus on a frequency. Now, you'll notice that in step four of the worksheet, before you answer the forgiveness process, you bring forward active present love, and the focus is in love and accessing the parts of the mind that need to be dissolved. You have to be willing to open those things and expose them to love for them to dissolve. Playing the game of, I'm a positive thinker. I don't look at those negative things. Well, yeah, they happen all around me, but I don't have anything to do with them. Leaves one stuck, again, as that house divided against themselves. So the focus of the forgiveness process The focus, for instance, of a support group is that you've got a whole room full of people who are focused in love and maybe your rage or your guilt or your fear, your terror, your trauma come up and you've got a whole room full of people who are literally energetically spraying love on you. That dissolves the lower frequencies. So, yes, you must be honest and true with your thinking, appropriate and look at what's there, but 
notice before we go to the step that uncovers what's hidden in the worksheet, the focal point is the active presence of love. Notice when we invite people to go into, say, for instance, still point breathing, there's a love exchange done. You want to do responsibility communication, there's a love exchange done. Bringing forward the active presence of love. And if, if just one person in the room can hold to that mind of love, active in the space, then all of the insanity in the room that starts to come forward will begin to dissolve. And what we're looking to do is to develop a team of mentors, of elders, nothing to do with age, who are able to hold to that mind of love, whatever happens, that they don't buy any excuse for criticism, condemnation, gossip, slander, vengeance. They hold no excuse for engaging in any of those things they keep bringing their mind back to love, bringing their minds back to love, bringing their minds back to love. And the only place where people have difficulty doing that is where they have a power person issue. And that's where everybody's next piece of work is. What is it that I want to go into my whiny mind and blame somebody else for and can't hold the space of love for? Guess whose work that is? Mine. If I go into my whiny mind, it's because I have an issue I haven't resolved. It's not because you did something that triggered that issue. That's a big piece of learning for people to get. That's a huge piece of learning. And some people never learn it. Awesome. Well, I guess Thank I you. should say, in my awareness, haven't learned it yet. But it's a process. <laughs> you know, it's a process. And we're all still learning it. Right. Okay, so even if, um, like in the first part of the worksheet, like step one, A, B, C, D, E, where we're listing the negative, that they're still holding love conscious to look underneath to clear that out so we're not adding energy to that step one when we're going through all the details again and and bringing it back up yeah and i'm accessing the truth of what's in me in order to dissolve it i'm not accessing my story so i can tell it to somebody else who will sympathize with me and buy into the same thing different game different game altogether Awesome. Yeah, and just like when we hold someone accountable, uh, if we're doing it from a state of love, I mean, yes, we may be revisiting the issue and discussing what happened and all that just to make sure that we're talking about the same event. But yet, if you're bringing it from a space of love, holding them accountable is focusing on correcting, not on what happened. Yes, Right. Okay. Maybe some awesome. reference made to what happened, just you know, like the first step in the responsibility communication from communication. Did you hear what I think I said? The first step is uh, it's a commitment to process and to be responsible, and then it looks at what are the mechan- what happened, what are the mechanical facts of this event, so that everybody's talking about the same thing. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna bring forward what's there. But bringing it forward to awareness for the purpose of healing as opposed to I'm a positive thinker, I keep this hidden, and I never look at those kinds of thing because, things because I'm a positive thinker, well, then the foundation is cracked and the positive thinker builds their building. They become a type A personality because they have to keep holding on, holding on, holding on, and then they get their building built so high and then they wonder why it all falls over again. They get their relationship so far along, and it cracks. They get their financial lives together to a degree, but if they haven't dealt with their poverty mentality, then their finances crack and fall apart again. They get their health back, and but they refuse to look at the rage, the hate, the guilt, the fear that they hold, and they build to a certain point, but because the foundation isn't there to carry the higher levels, then as they start to approach the higher levels, it falls apart and they get to live the title of my book, Why This Is Happening to Me Again. And when we start to own that, we get to change it. It's so cool. Awesome. And I think our caller might be Stuart that Dr. Tim was talking about. 970, you're on the air. Yes, it is. It's Stuart. Uh, Hi, Dr. Michael, Dr. Tim and Jeannie. Hey there, young man. Welcome. Glad to hear your voice. Oh, and it's always uh, good to hear your guys' voice. Uh, I look forward to it every day. Um, let's see, I wanted to, to uh, clarify yesterday when I called in um, what I was 
what I was mistaking, which Tim guided me through very well. He zeroed right in on it. Um, but I was mistaking kind of the, sim- the symptoms of healing um, for for you know something something bigger like a big deep generational issue. Um, but I don't feel like I was like trying to go back into all my generations and and, and with my mind and, and search for it that way. It was literally, I mean, that I was bringing up the awareness of, of, and I think it's a directly related issue with the power person, my power person, which was my oldest brother. Um, mm-hmm. And, and of course, that's you know uh, <clears throat> a need to be right, a need to be heard, that kind of, that kind of issue. But um, so anyway, uh, it, I was going through a process and really bringing that up and bringing awareness to it and forgiving that. But what I was going through yesterday was um, because I'm new to this work and I'm I'm a little ignorant to the process, but I'm I'm now getting a little more educated. <laughs> right. Um, um, is that I now I can recognize that oh it's a symptom of healing. Okay, you know it's mm-hmm. like and just see it for what it is, and then I was able to kind of relax and go okay, just go through the process, and so I was able to just breathe more forgiveness for the you know throughout the day and and of course you know by the time I went to bed last night it was a great night's sleep and I woke up feeling very empowered this morning and very powerful dreaming last night um you know about uh a lot of a lot of your teaching um but I realized when I woke up this morning um that each time that I go in and I collapse or or forgive um, something that I perceive in the past or, or something I experienced in the past. Um, what I woke up this morning realizing that every time I do that and I, and I really feel that forgiveness process, it literally feels like I'm, I'm doing one little part in collapsing time. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I love, what, I love what Einstein says about time. He says, time is an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. And uh-huh. when you do collapse it, that is part of the process, yes. Okay, because I really, that just came up so strong this morning. I'm going, oh, okay, every time I do that, I reach a new state of vitality. I feel like time has been collapsed. And, and there's times that as I hit uh, vitality, um, it's like, an, you know, as you've described before, it's like it's an ecstasy. Um, and, it's, and it states back years ago that I reached, you know, it's like or I tried to reach through drug use or whatever and could, could tap into it, you know, it's like, but not like this. I mean, this is not real. like that. Now, there's no comparison, is there? <laughs> no, no, there's no comparison. It's like, but what, what I do it's believe the real is that thing. Work, yeah, what that work did in the past in my 30s or whatever it's like what it gave me is it, 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 I think it gave me maybe something to shoot for, but I've always knew that in order to really get there, that it can't involve any of that. And so I had many right. arguments back in those days with, with the people that were kind of promoting that kind of work with the, the drugs that would expand the minds and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, you know, I, I, we had falling, falling. You know, we fell apart because I said, no. There's a point where we have to walk and do this ourselves. You can't rely on substance to bring you to this place. So your work, thank you, thank you, thank you, is bringing me to that place of what I've always been searching for, which is already inside of me, and I know that. Exactly. Um, well, and in and, ancient teachings, they understood it, and they said. And drugs are just a way of storming the gates. They said you can't storm the gates. It's a process. You've got to go through the process. It's just part of it. And and this work is, as opposed to the psychotherapeutic model where you look for the deep, dark, dirty thing, you know, you lay on the couch and try to figure it out, there's uh, nothing to do with that. You walk as the presence of love. And when something less than love comes up, you recognize your next piece of work and you do it. And you just walk forward in love. And, and we're down to the last few seconds, so... I'm going to have to close the show up, but thank you, Stuart, for your call, and I look forward to seeing you in October, and it's a a delight to have you on the team and and doing your work with the enthusiasm on the level that you are because that's what it takes to to change the game for everybody is enough people who are willing to do things on that level. So mucho, mucho gracias. In the meantime, uh, bring a stranger to the show tomorrow. We invite you. Oh, by the way, 
Well, we'll talk about that tomorrow. It looks like we may be changing our plans from Mexico to Florida. I don't know. There's other stuff that's come up, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. Have the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.